At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Beginning hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. And fun hour number one. You know, we always do this exercise normally on a Tuesday during mm-hmm. a full slate of NFL games. You know, bet now or bet later, right? And the, the numbers really have held pretty strongly throughout the week at four and a half and 48 and a half here for Super Sunday. We have seen some down ticks a little bit to four in some spots, but still right around that number. Because they're so tight, the only yeah. anticipatory move that I could possibly see is the total going up. But, Wes, do you think the side is going to stay pretty tight where it is? Pretty much. And I think because there's so much money in the market, Dave, and, and even more so with the Super Bowl, look, there are people that don't even bet that bet the Super Bowl <laughs> right. because it's a Super Bowl and then they're going to watch it. So you're going to have a lot of casual bettors in the market. Well, their money counts too. We always hear about these big bets, but you know, everything adds up. And even if they're smaller bettors, you know, $20 here, $30 here, whatever it is, you just don't see a lot of these movements here. And with so many sports books in the market, not only here in Las Vegas, but all across America really right now, as more and more jurisdictions legalize this thing, so you just you you get support usually from two sides. You don't ever get hardly any more like a lopsided Super Bowl side where right. it's like it seems like 70 percent are on one side and 30 percent are on the other. You look, you're getting plenty of people and plenty of support for the Bengals at four, four and a half. So it's like, why would you move it to five? Right. Why am I going to do that when I've got enough support? Because this isn't necessarily when these guys set these lines. And you'll hear this from a lot of like newer people that are talking sport betting content that are familiar with the space, they're going to be like, well, Vegas always wants 50-50. Well, not necessarily if they have the best of it or, you know, they're predicting what the number is going to be. So they think the Rams are going to win by four. Not necessarily true. It's a market, right? It's about what the market is going to bear. And oftentimes the betters decide where it goes. And then the bookmakers have to react to where the betters deciding where the line eventually goes. So, yeah, I think this is going to stay around four, four and a half, pretty much all week. Uh, You might see some upticks and obviously shop around, but you're not going to see like big differences anymore because everybody watches the screen. And if they see that somebody gets a sharp bet and look, we're going to hear that all week. I right. mean, we're going to get, we're going to get annoyed with it. Like they just took uh, $300,000 at bet MGM on so-and-so on Rams money line or whatever. They took uh, $225,000 at bet rivers or wherever it is on the Bengals money line. So, you know, you're going to hear that all week. Like there's going to 
could be big major wagers on both sides. Now, you don't know who those major wagers are. It could be a real wise guy, or it could be somebody that's just a rich person that has money that wants some action on the game that has no idea what he or she is talking about. <laughs> so you never really know. So all the information that comes out this week, basically my central point is, Take everything with a grain of salt. Absolutely. And and you know what? Go with your first instinct. Uh, your first instinct, more often than not, is going to be the correct one. So don't, you know, overthink go it. back and forth and overthink it. If you have a side you like, bet it and bet it accordingly. All right. Let's get to some other potential quarterback news in the NFL. And the reason why we bring this up here uh, as we lead up to the Super Bowl is we know that the futures market is going to open for the NFL after the Super Bowl. And I know last year I only took two. I took the Carolina Panthers uh, over seven and a half. That didn't get there. And I took it on the basis of Sam Darnold was coming over and being teamed up with Matt Rule. The other over I took was the Packers over 11 once I realized Aaron Rodgers was going to come back and play quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league, and you got to compare those and, and put those with the head coaches. Mm-hmm. right? So one-on-one in those markets. You look at Tennessee, and it feels like it's a year ago that they were the number one seed in this year's postseason. One and done. They lose to the Bengals. They've become an afterthought. We are hearing from their GM, John Robinson, that Ryan Tannehill, and I quote, is our quarterback. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a vote of confidence. You truly don't know. When you hear these type of things, and I wonder what the impact of that loss will be in that locker room. Tannehill has gotten them to an AFC title game before. Remember the big lead against the Chiefs not that long ago? And then that, that thing evaporated quickly. What do you make of the Titans next year? And you look at those futures markets, and again, we're assuming 17 will be back in Tennessee. Well, the uh, elephant in the room is number 12 that wears a Green Bay Packers jersey, that being Aaron Rodgers, because uh, it did come out last week that he has purchased some land in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a south suburb of Nashville. A lot of celebrities, a lot of people in the entertainment industry and sports and whatnot moving outside. Nashville is a really hot town and a very fun city to live in right now. And there's he was thinking of building land there and apparently has bought land there where he's building a home there. Maybe that's where he's going to live with his uh, fiance, Shalane Woodley, the actress, uh, after his retirement. But apparently there's rumors that Aaron Rodgers would be open to going oh. to the Tennessee Titans. And that is a team, by the way, that, look, they were the number one seed in the AFC. So obviously this is a team that is not far away. If Aaron Rodgers is not going to go back to Green Bay, he is not going to go somewhere just to play a couple years and make some extra money and finish out his career. He's going for a second Super Bowl ring wherever he is going to be next year. He's 38 now, so you know he's got at least a couple years, I think, at his prime before you start to see injuries take their toll and skills deteriorate a little bit. So, uh, you know, we'll see if the Titans elect to go that route with Aaron Rodgers because uh, he he's not, I mean, it's got to see if he's going to come back. He's not necessarily an unrestricted free agent here. Devontae Adams, by the way, is. And Devontae Adams, who wants to be the number one paid receiver in all the NFL, he's not coming back to Lambeau unless Aaron Rodgers is back. You know, it's interesting, too, because what that would say to me, if you listen closely to what Wes was just breaking down, it, and there are already some some shops out there that are offering next year's Super Bowl winner. Mm -hmm. So if you do believe in the Titans as the number one seed, whether with Tannehill, the only possibility there would be a significant upgrade, you would think, with Aaron Rodgers. So if you're a Titan backer, 
this might not be a bad opportunity to get in on the Titans, assuming that the baseline is still a number one seed potential, and it could get actually even better if they acquire Aaron Rodgers. Right, and I think last week, as when I last checked this, I don't have the updated numbers in front of me, Tennessee was still kind of in the 20-ish yeah. to one range for Super Bowl 57 to go ahead and get the Lombardi trophy, because that's what you're seeing right now. A lot of these lines are going to move very quickly because you see some of the discounts. Like, that's why you see Denver, they were at like 15 to 1 or something last week because that was a potential Aaron Rodgers destination. Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator for Green Bay, now the Denver Broncos head coach. Denver has obviously done that before, getting a Hall of Fame quarterback mm-hmm. at the end of his career by the name of Peyton Manning. Got them a Lombardi trophy and they got to the Super Bowl twice. So, you know, I don't think, Ro- <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think Rodgers and Hackett are necessarily a package deal, but that's a logical destination. Denver with the new ownership obviously wants to make an impact and whoever is going to buy that franchise, which is going to be over a billion dollars, the first franchise to be sold for over a billion dollars in the history of the national football league from the bowl and trust. So you got to think, okay, well, I want, well, I'm buying this team. I want to win right away. I don't want to, you know, win five, 10 years from now. So, you know, there's a possibility Aaron Rodgers could go there. So that's what you got to keep in mind. And, And a lot of those, prices, it's already kind of taxed in that, well, maybe Aaron Rodgers would come here. Like, if, if he's not part of that Denver organization, then you got to think they're like 25 to 1 or something like that. In my uh, previous life, before I joined you here at VEASAN, uh, Kristen Balboni, who now still does great work for the Carolina Panthers, and a couple, Michael Felder, we've had him on our show, Betting Across America. We used to do a breakdown of Very Cavallari. Every Tuesday, the Jay Cutler reality show. If you, I say the Jay Cutler, not the Kristen Cavallari reality show. It sounds like if Aaron Rodgers goes to Tennessee, mm-hmm. he and the what, what's her name, Shalane Woodley. I have no idea who she is. I believe that seems, she's been nominated for an Oscar. I didn't know who she was either. No clue. It just sounds like they're going to do reality TV. So I don't know what mm. you're going to get with Aaron Rodgers, but if that happens, it could be very Cavallari 2.0. Didn't work out for Jay and. Kristen, by the way. Uh, Let's get to this news here as we gossip around quarterbacks before you make your futures picks here for next year's NFL season. King Kyler, Kyler Murray, he unfollowed, oh my goodness, the Cardinals on not only Instagram, but also Twitter. Did he did he do the Facebook or has he not been like me and not checked his Facebook for about seven months? You know how this works though, Wes. People are freaking out in the desert. Kyler Murray's gone. He's going to Tampa Bay. He's going to replace Tom Brady. Like, this is what we're hearing now? Well, I didn't know when I saw this, when you first mentioned Kyler Murray, I thought, what is the breaking news? Did he have a growth spurt or something? It's still short. Is, is he above six feet tall right now where he's not going to get the ball batted down every time? What do you make of this? Because, again, before you run to the window, people, and say Cardinals, whatever, they're pro- you don't know if Kyler Murray is going to be back now based on what we read on social media as we try to connect dots and fit square pegs and round holes. It's probably much ado about nothing, but all of a sudden, uh, the Arizona Cardinals were looking so good. It's like, hey, watch out for this team. And then they they absolutely fell apart, I think, down the stretch of the season. So there's still a lot of questions there about Cliff Kingsbury. You know, how good of a coach is he at this level? Because his teams, not only in college, yeah. but here in Arizona, have kind of fallen apart at the end of the season. They start out like a ball of fire, and then they fade down the stretch. So this is probably much ado about 
about nothing. I don't see. And I think actually Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, I believe they do share the same agent. So I don't think it's anything between them two. It seems like they're joined at the hip. I just don't know why the unfollow. Maybe he inadvertently hit the wrong button. Mm-hmm. But the problem there is you did it on two two places that people will find out on social right. media. IG and Twitter. The social media sleuths Woo! that have uh, nothing better to do than, than to uh, realize uh, who's following and who's unfollowing who. Very quickly, if he doesn't go to Tampa Bay, what about Jameis Winston going back to Tampa Bay to replace Tom Brady? Would that interest you in the Bucks futures market if you knew Winston was going to be the quarterback? Well, I mean, obviously he has uh, been there with Bruce Arians before, so you know kind of what he has. And uh, the book on Jameis Winston is not that he cannot be effective and put up big numbers. Oh. It's the fact that he turns the ball My over. goodness. Led the league in touchdown passes, I believe, a couple years ago and also led the league in interceptions 30 for the for same 30. season. 30 for 30. Uh, yeah, the 30 for 30 club here for Jameis Winston. So, uh, you know, there's a possibility of that. I, I think I don't think that's their first option, but I think it's an option that they're willing to take. It is just amazing to think, though. In an era now where guys throw five, seven, maybe ten picks, that's a rough year. He had 30 picks. Mm-hmm. 30 picks in one season. Wow. When we come back, on going to dip our toe back into college basketball. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is the best place to get all the betting insights for the big game. And right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from all of our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. That might still be an understatement because, as Wes Reynolds likes to point out, even if you're not a gambler, you gamble on the Super Bowl. That's what people do. <laughs> uh, let's dip our toe back into the college hoop slate here tonight, Wes. And let's start off with Kentucky against South Carolina. This opened up, as you can imagine, with the uh, Wildcats. Pretty big road favorites here. Some trends for you out there. Kentucky 4-14 four ATS in their last 18, following an ATS win. So they have not been really good in this spot. The under 6-1 and one in their last seven road games. South Carolina, 4-10 and 10 ATS in the last 14 as a home underdog, so maybe doing trends there. But the home team is 5-0 and in the last five minis ATS in this spot. So that would lead you to, to like the Gamecocks. What do you make of this one? Yeah, and uh, if you look at Kentucky, and I think they're absolutely a Final Four contender. I bet them on the futures market in December. Cal's got them playing really well, mm-hmm. and he's got them peaking earlier than normal. You 
obviously they don't peak for about a month from now. But 19-4, and four, they've won four in a row. Hard-fought win at, at Alabama and held Alabama to 55 points, so a very good defensive performance by Kentucky. They shoot the ball a little bit better this year. They have Tashibwe down low. I think he's been an absolute difference maker. Should be a first-team All-American, just the rebounding here for this team. But this is a little bit of a tough situation for Kentucky. Remember, they went to Fog Allen Fieldhouse. That was one of the best wins of the year in all of college basketball. Really they go into Kansas and take them apart and pretty much dominate them 80-62. to 62. Then they won against Vanderbilt, a hard-fought win at home, another hard-fought win at Alabama. Kentucky obviously looking up at Auburn. They did lose at Auburn a couple weeks ago, and they only get them once. So Auburn is not going back to Lexington, so that's a good scheduling spot and fortuitous for Pearl's Bunch, but I do kind of like South Carolina here in, in this spot, getting 11, uh, 13 and nine, four and six in the league probably would not be in the NCAA tournament right now, but this is a big game for them. This could, uh, this could kind of turn around their season a little bit. South Carolina's lost their last two, lost at Mississippi State, got blown out at home on Saturday by Tennessee. And sometimes that's kind of an angle I like to look at. When you lose at home to a team that's worse than the team you're playing mm -hmm. the next game. So Tennessee's a good team, but they're not as good as Kentucky. And, and people, I think, will look at that and say, well, they got blown out on Saturday by Tennessee, so Kentucky's a better team than Tennessee, so surely they're going to blow them out, right? And that's sometimes an angle I, I like to play a little bit because I think that, that everything's kind of baked into the number right now. So I think South Carolina, they do come out with a very good effort. Kentucky, look, everybody, they're everybody's Super Bowl, even though right. Auburn's the top team in the SEC and number one in the country right now. Kentucky is always the Super Bowl. They're the best traveling team. They're the biggest program in the conference. Kentucky really hadn't been covering, to your point, against SEC teams on the road. I think they're three and four on the season. And, and South Carolina, they do have some size down low. They're the third best team in the SEC in block shot percentage. They also create turnovers. They force opponents just under 16 turnovers a game. So this is a team, you know, that has a little bit of something. I don't think that they're going to beat Kentucky. They're not going to outshoot Kentucky. They're not going to win on the offensive end. But the defense has been very solid. The defense was poor last year for Frank Martin. And we know Frank Martin is a really hard-nosed coach mm -hmm. where defense usually comes first. They're 34 nationally in the Ken Palm, 69.2 points per game and 34th in terms of efficiency. So uh, this number was a little generous at 11. You're starting to see some 10 and a halves in the market. Are some 11 still to be grabbed? And I do like the Gamecocks. Wisconsin and, and Sparty tonight at uh, East Lansing here. Wisconsin 0-5 ATS in their last five games overall. So they're not cashing any tickets here if you've been backing uh, the Badgers here. The over though 9-3 and in their last 12 overall Sparty, meanwhile, 4-0 ATS in the last four games, following a straight-up loss as they find themselves in that spot here. And the over has been a good play, 5-2-1 in their last eight home games here. So... Wisconsin, not really good ticket-wise here recently. What do you make of this number? Yeah, Michigan State's kind of owned Wisconsin in recent years. A lot of teams have not been able to do so, but Sparty somehow has figured them out. But the question I have a little bit about Michigan State, I thought their lack of toughness got kind of exposed on Saturday at Rutgers. They were down two, and look, we know the rack, now known as the Jersey Mike's Arena, is a very tough place to play and a tough place to win at. 
However, you're down by a bucket at the half, and you lose by 21 yeah. on the road to Rutgers. That was a terrible performance by Michigan State. Not for me, since I had Rutgers. <laughs> I, always, I always take them at home. Don't take them on the road, because Rutgers, they haven't figured out how to win on the road yet in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, revenge spot, if you want to call it that, for Wisconsin. They got run out of the goal center back on January 21st. Uh, the Spartans' offense... I think in January, they were making all their free throws. They were shooting well from the three. So I think this month, you're getting maybe a little bit of shooting regression. I would expect that Wisconsin is going to make the adjustments accordingly. I think the number really looks kind of right here, though, at four. I you know, was hoping maybe for a little bit more on the Badgers' side. But probably where I would lean here, just because of the shooting regression, a way to kind of capitalize that without necessarily betting Wisconsin in the points, I think would be to go under the total. I think that maybe this plays like a little bit more of a rock fight than necessarily the first game did. So 139 is kind of the consensus number out there. I would lean that spot to the under in the Breslin Center. Let's uh, stay in the Big Ten here and look at the Illini against the Boilermakers here. And Illinois 9-4 and four ATS in their last 13 games following up a straight-up win. The over, by the way, 12-5-1 in their last 18. Pretty, pretty big sample size there to the over. Home team though in this series, 6-2-1 ATS in the last nine, and again, Purdue playing a lot of overs, 27-10 in their last 37 games when they are a favorite. They are a six-point favorite here at BetMGM. High total of 146, which might scare away some. Yeah, this is the uh, payback spot you would think for Illinois, because remember that game on uh, Martin Luther King Day afternoon that went to double overtime in Champaign. Purdue got the win. These, I think, have been the two best teams so far in the Big Ten, and uh, I think that's how it's going to end up, and I thought that that's how it was going to be before the season anyway. Lean to Illinois here. I'm going to wait on this a little bit, see where the number goes, see how much more I can get, but all of a sudden Illinois has kind of figured it out a little bit and after that loss uh, to Purdue in double overtime they played at Maryland I believe without a uh, without their guard, Kofi Coburn. They mm -hmm. played without him. Andre Curbelo only played yep. a few minutes. He was hurt. So then they got beat at Maryland. But ever since they've lost that game at Maryland, they beat Michigan State in a nail-biter at home. They had another nail-biter at Northwestern. Then they easily beat Wisconsin. And then they go to Indiana, and they play a big second half where Kofi Coburn and uh, Trent Frazier were absolutely dominant. Trent Frazier, 23 points. Kofi Coburn, you look at his numbers, he only had 17. It feels like he had him in the final two minutes because <laughs> Indiana just couldn't deal with the length. Obviously, the size pretty equal on both sides here with not only the big man, Kofi Coburn for Illinois, but also Purdue, their twin towers with Trevion Williams and Zach Eady, the big 7-4 kids. So, really not a lot of advantage there from that standpoint. But if you look at the first matchup between Illinois and Purdue, and it was a 96-88 win for Purdue in double overtime, Purdue really won the battle on the glass, 46 to 39. Jaden Ivey was a star of stars down the stretch, 13 to 15 from the three throw line. That was the absolute difference here. I think Coburn got in a little bit of a foul trouble. He actually fouled out, I believe, at the beginning of the second overtime, and then it was pretty much all she wrote for Illinois. So my lean here would be taking Illinois plus a six, maybe Illinois first half, uh, because I think that they're going to come in with some momentum and fired up a little bit to kind of pay Purdue back. So. Usually when I play these underdogs in college basketball, at least more often than not, 
I'll play a little bit of piece first half and a little bit full game because if I win that first half, number one, I could stick with it yep. or I could decide I want to buy out with it or kind of try to middle a little bit. Purdue does come off that win, 82-76. Michigan stayed within the number, but these are the two best teams in the Big Ten right now. We know kind of the book on Purdue, by the way. Number one in adjusted offensive efficiency, but they have absolutely sacrificed their defense. I can't remember a time where Purdue ranked the hundreds in the wow. 100s in defensive efficiency in the Ken bomb and they absolutely do right now they just really struggle to guard off the dribble and I think maybe because they think they have shot blockers down low but Purdue has been disappointing in their pick and roll coverage Matt Painter if you watch this Purdue program I've watched Purdue my whole life their mantra is defense lives here it hasn't been living in West Lafayette <laughs> now shooting 41% from the three and 57% from the rim has lived in Mackey Arena but not the defense so Lean Illinois here in this spot. But again, with, with those numbers defensively, Wes, would that mean with that number of 146, is that number still accurate? Or do you think just because as porous as they are, and I know it was double overtime to get that wild score we mm-hmm. had the first time around. Is there a lean there in the total either way? Well, and, and it opened 149 and now down to 146. I could see some buyback a little bit on the over. But I think, you know, that second meeting, because now you're getting later into the Big Ten season and you have Illinois at at 10 and 2 and you have Purdue right behind at 9 and 3. Now it's kind of go time the final few games of the season who's going to win that regular season Big 10 title. So I see more of a defensive battle the second time. Yeah, normally, especially when you know each other. It was an offensive shootout that first time around uh, going to double overtime. But, yeah, it does feel like a high number there at 146. Okay, when we come back, talking more Super Bowl and maybe, you know, an area that gets overlooked, special teams. One of the best special teamers to play. Derek Rockley is going to join us now that he is retired from the game of football. Get his thoughts. It is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Stormy Bonantoni on Friday at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino right here in Las Vegas. Stormy's going to be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, and Vinny Maiulo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for anyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday at 6 p.m. for specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books, and learn from these book making experts, dare I say, legends. Sitting alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And Wes, I always love when we have a special team extraordinaire. You say you don't play favorites. I try but, not to. But I, I, I disagree with this one, apparently, from what I have heard about our next guest. Love my guy, Derek Rackley. you got to follow him on Twitter at DRAC48, analyst for Westwood One. Of course, played with the Seahawks and with the Falcons and one of the Golden Gophers finest from Minnesota. Derek, it's great to have you back in the program, my friend. Uh, I know that now, you know, with college football and the NFL, you don't have any duties. You you can just sit, sit, sit back, relax, watch the Super Bowl like the rest of us. What have you gleaned from it? The number really hasn't moved at all. Still four and a half, 48 and a half, uh, pretty much all week here. So I know people like the Rams. What do you make of this matchup just from a first glance? Yeah, I mean, I think from a first – by the way, I play favorites for you too. You're one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, I, I love this matchup. I mean, you get the you get the Rams and you get the Bengals, who nobody really anticipated this in the AFC side, them getting into the Super Bowl, and I never anticipated this. I mean, I thought this was going to be another postseason of heavyweights. It was likely going to be a matchup of Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes again, and then we kind of get flipped, turned around, and we get a different matchup that has a plenty of, of intriguing storylines. I mean, think about Matt Stafford and how many years he struggled in Detroit. That organization never really putting enough pieces around him to make a run into the postseason to get an opportunity to play in a game like this. And, boy, does he have all the talent to make the plays for the Rams in this Super Bowl. I mean, just look at the weapons that he has to throw to. The, the, the season that Cooper Cup had, how Odell Beckham Jr. has really come along the second half of the season. And then just Joe Cool, Joe Burrow on the other side. I mean, it seems like he's been playing in big-time games his entire career. Uh, so I, just, I think this is a very intriguing matchup, and I'm looking forward to seeing how this one shakes out. Derek, uh, what we have seen so far, at least from a betting standpoint, uh, two-way action on both sides. There's plenty of support for the Bengals, also for the Rams. But when you look at the one glaring matchup where it looks pretty lopsided, it's that Bengals offensive line against that Rams defensive line. Uh, What do you think Cincinnati is going to do to be able to counteract that? We know they run a lot on first down, but do you see a lot more runs from Joe Burrow, maybe some design runs? He was able to get out of the pocket in the second half against Kansas City. I got to think they got to get him on the move to go ahead and stop that Rams defensive line. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't completely disagree with it, but I would also tell you that Joe Burrow's not necessarily the guy that I want running a lot in this game, especially with the speed on the defense that the Rams have at all three levels, defensive line, linebackers, and secondary. So, again, this is kind of coming from a traditionalist NFL guy where I don't really love seeing the quarterback run unless you have to, unless you need to extend plays. But there's no getting around the fact that Zach Taylor and his staff have got a tremendous game-planning job on their hands because of this offensive line and all the issues, all the sacks that they've given up, not only in the regular season, but even in the postseason. The fact that we're still talking about the type of year that Joe Burrow has had, the statistics that he put up, not to mention the fact leading this team to the Super Bowl and how bad the offensive line has performed is quite miraculous, to be honest. And you flip it over on the other side, and you've just got – potential Hall of Famers all across that defense, specifically on the defensive line, arguably the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. And then you bring in a guy like Von Miller, who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer as well because of his pass rushing prowess throughout his career. I think that you're going to have to run the football, have some success with Joe Mixon. And then when those running backs are not involved with carrying the ball, them and the tight ends, and then some type of misdirection in the backfield is going to have to help keep this defensive line from running straight upfield and, quite frankly, around this offensive line. Otherwise, you're going to see a lot of opposite-color jerseys in Joe Burrow's face throughout the course of the Super Bowl. Talking with Derek uh, Derek Rackley from Westwood One Sports and, of course, eight years in the NFL. Uh, D-Rack, I do want to ask you, when you look at Aaron Donald, right, and I think you can make the case that the Rams have three players on defense uh, certainly probably going to the Hall of Fame when you look at Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller. And then, you know, Cooper Cup could be the best wide receiver in the game right now. So they've really got excellence when you look at individuals here. If you're Zach Taylor and you're trying to take away one of those three on defense, whether it be A.D., Von Miller, or Jalen Ramsey, I don't know how you do it with Ramsey. How do you game plan against star power like that that, that they have at different positions defensively? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start with Aaron Donald because you can't, 
You can't sacrifice the middle of your pass protection because you're trying to pay attention to Von Miller on the outside because obviously we know that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Well, Aaron Donald's got a shorter distance to get to the quarterback if he's generally lined up at a defensive tackle position if they're not able to get him slowed down. So, again, there's a number of different ways you can do it, and obviously doing, doing an interview over the phone, it's hard to really <laughs> give you a good picture about it. But, you know, having double teams, having your protection working his direction, right? So you, on the snap, everybody is sliding to the direction of Aaron Donald. So you potentially have a second set of eyes, a second set of hands that are able to chip on him. Anytime that you get an opportunity to drop down with a tackle to get a little bit of help on it. But you can't do that on Bill Von Miller's side because you can't put him up against a tight end or a running back by himself. That spells trouble. So there are going to be some one-on-one matchups that Aaron Donald's going to have against the Cincinnati offensive line, and they're just going to have to win, or Joe Burrow is going to have to get the football out of his hands quickly. Think Tom Brady and how well he has done that throughout his entire career, not holding on to the football finding that number one in progression and just trusting that that guy's going to get open and that you can get the ball out of your hands quickly. Derek Rackley of Westwood One is our guest. And Derek, you made your living in the National Football League, predominantly on special teams, a long snapper for several years in this league, as well as a tight end. And special teams, I think, are going to be really Mm -hmm. important in this game. And we're going to give the kickers some love here. Kickers are absolutely people, too. So uh, we have two good ones here, Matt Gay, Evan McPherson, uh, McPherson for the Cincinnati Bengals side. Based on these two coaches here and the ability to trust their kickers, do you think that that's going to continue here in the Super Bowl. We've seen teams go for it a lot more on fourth and short. Do you see these two coaches, McVay and Zach Taylor, being a little bit more conservative? Maybe if it's judge, you know, kind of a judgment call, 50-50 call, fourth and two, fourth and three, and it's going to be a 50-yarder. Do you think they go for it, or do you think they're going to go ahead and just keep trusting these kickers? Well, I appreciate this question, because guys, kickers need love, too, yes. right? Yes. Now, I think it's a great question. Um, And it's interesting that you asked me about special teams. Obviously, that's where I made my career. But both of these special teams coaches I know extremely well. Joe DiCamillis is a special teams coach for the Rams, and he was my special teams coordinator for six years when I was with the Atlanta Falcons. So I know a lot about him, and I know about the faith that he'll like to put in the hands of his kickers. Remember, when he was with Atlanta and they went to the Super Bowl way back when, he had Morton Anderson. So he knows what having a really good kicker is like and how valuable it is to your franchise. And then Darren Simmons for the Bengals was actually an assistant coach at the University of Minnesota. He had just gotten his coaching career started when I was with the Gophers, and then a few years later he got an opportunity in the NFL, and then he's been with Cincinnati ever since 2003. You don't really see guys that have the type of longevity at one organization like Darren has with Cincinnati. But you talk about these kickers. Evan McPherson for the Bengals has not missed a kick this postseason. So I don't know how how else you can get any better trust level than what this guy's done. And, oh, by the way, he's a young fella, okay? He's a rookie. You don't see this happen, especially having this type of focus, being able to calm your nerves in such big moments when you're dealing with a rookie kicker. But I think he's earned the right for Zach Taylor to say, you know what, if it's fourth and three, we've got a 53-yard field goal, let's give the kid a chance. And then you mentioned Matt Gay as well made his first Pro Bowl this year. I think both of these coaches 
should feel extremely confident getting three points on the board with the seasons that these two kickers have put together. I absolutely love it, D-Rock, because, yeah, you, you know, McPherson's that, that gunslinger now. He's like, when they have a big kick, he goes, well, I guess we're going to the Super Bowl. Guess we're going to the AFC title game. Right. He just doesn't. I got this. I got this. We're not going to miss. Uh, very quickly, Derek, do you think there's more pressure on Matt Stafford over Joe Burrow? Because Burrow feels like house money, right? We're not supposed to be here. We're a year ahead of schedule. And Stafford's been waiting his whole career to get to this spot. Do you think there's any more pressure on the veteran? Yeah, I mean, these guys will never tell you that they're feeling any of it. But, yes, from the outside perspective, I can tell you that Matt Stafford's feeling much more pressure in this game because, like I said, he just really hasn't tasted this moment from his time with Detroit. And, quite frankly, how many more years does he have left in the tank? Whereas we both know Joe Burrow is just getting his NFL career started. And assuming they can keep the talent around him, this may not be his last appearance in the Super Bowl. So, yes, I would agree with you on Stafford. I know you're locked down in the ATL, but you guys got to come out to Vegas anytime and hop on the set with me and Wes. We miss you, man. It's great to hear your voice, Derek Rackley. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. We'll catch up again soon. And I'll continue to play favorites with my man, Dave Ross. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, Derek Rackley. Uh, Westwood One, follow him on Twitter at DRAC48. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the NBA and see if there's anything that you might like there and more on the Super Bowl. Come on back. It's Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. you with a special offer in the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer, you're going to win $200 bucks in free bets. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your very first wager. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com. Use the bonus code VEASAN200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager on. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Wrapping up another edition of the Lombardi Line right here on Vison alongside Wes Reynolds. I am Dave Ross, and we mentioned earlier in the program we had some trades coming around the NBA, and you said, you know, normally that first trade mm-hmm. that comes out is a precursor to other trades. Yeah, remember when I said the Indiana Pacers were not done? 
and that they're probably going to take this chance. That wasn't that long ago. You said that. And then, bam, it's almost like they're listening to you, Wes. It happened. A big yeah, trade is Yeah, they are not done. I think the Pacers finally taken the time to, uh, or the opportunity rather, to rebuild for the first time in 35 years. Like the Pacers have obviously always been right there. Keep in mind, this team did make the East Finals eight times in a 25 year span. So they've always been like right there or they've been right in the middle. They mm-hmm. have never been near the bottom. Now they are finally near the bottom. This was a trade that was broken uh, uh, just about 15 minutes ago by Adrian Wojnarowski, and let me give you the particulars on this trade. It does involve the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings. I'll start with Sacramento first. They do receive Domanis Sabonis, who 25 years old and the two-time All-Star, so they get Sabonis. They get Jeremy Lamb. They get Justin Holiday and a 2027 second-round pick. In Return to the Indiana Pacers, the Pacers get Tyrese Halliburton, mm. who you remember out of Iowa State, he oh, was yeah. the Kings lottery pick a couple years ago, Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, I believe, probably an expiring contract that they can get rid of at the end of the season. That's why they got Rubio in the back of that deal with, with uh, Karis LeVert going to Cleveland on Sunday. But you can see what the Pacers are doing. They know that they've got to take the opportunity to rebuild. This is not a playoff team. You're probably going to be in the top five in the lottery you already have what are two lottery picks because Cleveland for Karis LeVert did send them that protected lottery pick plus what the Pacers pick is going to be this year so you can see there is a rebuild going on in Indianapolis Kevin Pritchard the president and GM of that club taking the opportunity to do so and look On the surface, I love this trade for the Indiana Pacers because you're getting a guy that I really like coming out in the draft, Tyrese Halliburton, a guy that can score, a guy that potentially could be maybe at least an all-star level player, certainly a very good player. And you've only got $10 million for the next two seasons. He is still on his rookie deal. So you are saving some cap space. And look, uh, you know, Buddy Heald, now he's in the second year of a $4 million or four-year $94 million contract. So you're absorbing some of that money. He's 29 years old. So I got to think maybe Buddy Heald could be on the move again, or maybe they keep him till the end of this season and then trade him in the offseason. But the key to this deal, I think, for the Pacers was Halliburton. Yes. In, in order to get him and to be able to get him on the rookie deal to get a productive player. You look at where the Pacers are right now. They are currently, I believe, in the 13th spot in the East, the Sacramento Kings in the 13th spot in the West. So, you know, I understand the sentiment, okay, two bad teams making a trade, but I actually think that this helps the Indiana Pacers more than it does the Sacramento Kings because, you know, Sabonis, I think there's a lot of people disappointed that he wasn't traded to a contender. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe that's where he was going to go. But Kevin Pritchard and the brain trust in in Indiana, Chad Buchanan as well, is going to try to get the best deal that they can for their ball club. And, you know, you want to accommodate a player if you can, but – I don't think that they could here. This was the best deal available. I like this deal going forward for the Pacers. They got to rebuild with a young core. I'm a little bit surprised Sacramento, uh, you know, they're not parting with De'Aaron Fox. No. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox obviously is the guy everybody wants really from that team. But, uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I think when you look at him and you look at those numbers, and one of the reasons why I like this, uh, when you look at pull-up three-point percentage, 100-plus attempts is the qualifier for this. He is second in the league behind Michael Conley Jr. And this is a guy that kind of can do a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades, you know, gets a lot of assists, does mm. not turn the ball over, absolutely can get on one. And I think Halliburton is one of these young guys 
that's on the verge of kind of exploding and really taking his game to the second level. I think this is the great trade for the Indiana Pacers. You know, it's interesting because we talked about the Pacers and the Hawks tonight down there in the ATL looking here at BetMGM. That game is now off the board, as you can imagine, with this huge trade uh, for the Pacers here. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you were locked into that earlier before the trade, what, do you feel good or bad? Depending on the side, I think if you feel like you have Atlanta, you feel even better. Yeah, about it this now. is going to get repriced in the market. I think I'm seeing like 12, 12 mm-hmm. and a half did go off the board. Total about the same, 226 and a half. So not much difference there. And look, the Pacers have been playing, you know, it seems like they're shorthanded every single game. Somebody's out. So obviously Sabonis not going to be there. Holiday not going to be there. Lamb not going to be there. We'll see if Malcolm Brogdon does get upgraded. He's been battling an Achilles injury. Miles Turner has been out with that foot injury. Keep an eye and see if they find a willing taker for Miles Turner. I would expect that might be the next move involving the Indiana Pacers. Hawks a little bit, a lot healthier here. Lou Williams is going to be doubtful with that hammy injury. Danilo Gallinari questionable, but John Collins is going to go and of course, Trey Young. Everybody looks pretty healthy for Atlanta. So yeah, it was 10 and a half earlier, now 12. So not all that much of a move here, but nothing for me in terms of getting involved in this one. Let's stay in the NBA here. Let's talk about Detroit against the Dallas Mavericks here. And uh, Detroit, by the way, 16-5 and ATS in their last 21 following a loss. So they've actually rebounded pretty well in that spot to get the money. The over is 7-1 in their last eight versus a team with a winning straight-up record, which, of course, is what Dallas is. Dallas, by the way, 4-1 ATS in their last five home games. And the over has played uh, the last four times at as a favorite, that is cash. So what do you make of this big number of 11.5 and, and the preflop total 212 and a half? Yeah, uh, Cade Cunningham, by the way, has missed the last three games, that number one pick for the Detroit Pistons in the 2021 draft. Questionable tonight. So, you know, he did participate in shoot-around on Monday, but he's going to be coming back rather sooner rather than later, but I don't know if he's going to be back tonight, so obviously keep an eye on that. Dallas's defense has been very good. Mm-hmm. They showed up again on Sunday against Atlanta. Atlanta uh, moved to the favorite, but Dallas got the win, held the Hawks to under one point per position possession less than 100 points in a win and cover at home you know with Detroit without Cunningham they really I think struggle to score and they struggle to score anyway and you just look at that Dallas an above average defensive team I don't know if they're like a top five defense. I think a lot of it is is predicated on their pace because they're playing a little bit slower under Jason Kidd who replaced Rick Carlisle now of course is the head coach in Indiana for the Pacers You know, uh, Dallas is a team, though, that is not a huge scoring team, despite the fact that they have Luka Doncic Mm -hmm. uh, in the fold. They're playing a lot more under games this year because of that pace. Kristaps Porzingis, by the way, not going to go with that knee injury. We know Tim Hardaway Jr. has been out with a foot injury. It looks like Maxi Kleber is going to be upgraded here. So keep an eye on Cunningham's status. I think if he's given a go, you probably see this go down to like maybe 10 and a half or something like that. I don't think this is going to be a huge move with a 12 and 4. 41 team. So uh, lean to the under here, but nothing for me. Bucks and Lakers very quickly out west. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, maybe the Bucks had the Clippers and they got the Lakers. And, you know, always looking ahead to the more marquee matchup. Mm-hmm. Absolutely destroyed the Clippers on Sunday. Now they're uh, about four and a half point favorites is what it opened. A big total of 230 and a half here. Milwaukee, four and one ATS in their last five. They've been a good play here. And the over has been a good play, four and one in their last five as well. The Lakers have been pretty good as of late, and this number has come down now to three and a half at BetMGM. Lakers, four and one ATS in their last five. And again, the over has been a good play. So. 
Those trends lead you to the over. What say you? Yeah, you saw the box in January really kind of struggle, kind of getting in those dog days of the middle of the yeah. season and really weren't very good. Just went seven and eight out straight up in January. But they've been playing better of late on this road trip. Of course, uh, laid out the Clippers on <laughs> Sunday. 3-0 and straight up in ATS winning streak coming into the Staples Center for round two. It, or, no, it's not the Staples Center. I forget. What it's is the it? crypto uh, yeah, cryptocurrency something. arena. What, yeah, whatever whatever it, is. it is. I still call it the Great Western <laughs> Forum, for God's sakes. But anyway, Milwaukee on the road here against the Lakers. Of course, they do have that rematch of the NBA Finals on Thursday night against Phoenix. Now, you wouldn't think that they're going to look ahead of the Lakers here, but the Bucks have been playing a lot better. Doesn't look like Carmelo is going to go for the Lakers. Uh, now, it's going to be interesting to see if the Lakers can, I think, score transition on offense, which they're usually able to do. Milwaukee, a very good transition defense as well. So market has moved a little bit toward the Lakers here. This is one I'm going to stay away from because I don't think the Bucks are going to necessarily look ahead to Phoenix, but obviously that's the big showdown of the West road trip here. So this will be a fun one to watch. Small lean Lakers if I had to. All right, Wes, always enjoy the conversation. As always, want to thank Will Hill and Derek Rackley for joining us as well. Keep on watching. We got you unlocked all afternoon long right here on the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.